1: Welcome back to the Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast. I'm your host, Julie Michelson. And today we are joined by Dr. Shivani Gupta, Ayurvedic practitioner and expert in fusing Eastern and Western practices that help our bodies achieve equilibrium. She completed her master's in Ayurvedic sciences and her PhD in turmeric. And she's the founder of Fusionary Formulas. In our conversation, Dr. Shivani shares about Ayurveda, how living an Ayurvedic lifestyle, according to nature's rhythms, supports optimal health and healing. We discuss the importance of not only what you eat, but how you eat and how you sleep and the powerful Ayurvedic herbs as superfoods. Shivani, welcome to the podcast.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: I'm so excited to to dig in. I already have way too many questions percolating <laughs> in my brain. But first, I would love for you to share a bit of your journey with listeners. How did you end up? Did you share any part of it between the Ayurveda, the PhD, and turn like there's so many, so many things you're doing that none of us ever woke up and said, "Oh, let me let me study this." <laughs>
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, for me, it all started started with a health journey. And I think that's most of us in the health and wellness space is we had our own big issue. We had to climb this mountain to fix it. Because we finally fixed it, we became this crazy evangelist who said, hey, everyone should do it. You guys should understand that there's a different way that you could feel. And so that was certainly my story. I grew up in Houston, Texas to this immigrant family. And I grew up in Houston, Texas, living one way, where whenever I got sick, we'd just go to the pediatrician. They'd give us a script, we would take the antibiotics, we'd run to the drugstore, take a few medications, and eventually get better in 10, 12 days. But I did that probably 50 times more than any normal person. And so by the time I got to high school, I was taking really heavy dose of antibiotics every month for my colds. Oh my goodness. And I couldn't understand. I was like, why, why am I the only sick person? Why is it that all my friends can go out and go to movies and have fun? And I'm just always left behind. And through that time, we were going to India every year to see my cousins and my grandparents. And when we went to India, I would get disastrously sick. Like I'd end up nearly hospitalized. And so then again, they'd use these really crazy strong antibiotics, blow up my gut. And so finally, by the time I got to college, I got really frustrated. And we were sitting in front of this Dr. Gupta, this man, I remember. And he's like, well, here's your prescription. And it was like, 12 medications. And I looked at the list and I was like, you know what? No, no, I don't accept And My whole family was like, excuse me, you're about to die. I think you should take the prescription. And I was like, I just don't think that this has been working. We need to go find a new way forward. And I told my parents, we're in the land of yoga and Ayurveda. Like every time we travel through India, we can see Ayurvedic services and Ayurvedic herbs. Like what is this thing? And could we try this new toolkit? And we did. And I was so impressed. But I went with a discerning mind because I'm American and I'm Indian. So I was like, well, let's make sure your stuff works. Let's make sure even though it's ancient, it's valid. And so I went with this really scientific mind and just open to what was possible. And I healed my gut. Healed my health, learned that gut is immune health, learned that Ayurvedic herbs are powerhouses and superfoods that we just don't think of as superfoods. I learned that Ayurvedic, the Ayurvedic lifestyle is a preventive lifestyle. And if I can live that way, I can hold this incredible immune system and health that I want. So that's why I'm the biggest fan of it. And then I went and did my master's in it. I did my PhD in it. And now I just love sharing it
1: which I love is amazing. And it, it is so interesting. We have, I mean, whether it's food, medicine, all the things, cause food is medicine, right? We've gotten so far away from these brilliant ancient approaches that work and that work with our bodies and not as band-aids. And and I'm guessing you're not saying either, like if you needed to go to a Western doc for something, you would, I always say like, if I need surgery, I am definitely going to a Western trained physician for sure. But I love this idea that, and this is why we have these conversations, right? Because many of my listeners are looking to reclaim full health and, and a good amount are looking to prevent an autoimmune diagnosis or they want to know how to age healthily. So I love, I love the topic and yeah. I'm just excited uh, to learn from you today. So can you give a, a just kind of a broad or wh- however detailed you want, but a, an easily digested for people that are like, what is Ayurveda? I've never heard of it. Or maybe they've heard the word in a spa. <laughs> you know,
2: They might've had a spa
1: treatment once or something.
2: Tell us a little more about it. Sure. So under the umbrella of complementary and alternative medicine here in the West, one of the modalities listed is Ayurveda, but unfortunately, Ayurveda is like the last door anyone goes and finds when it comes to their health. So it's my mission to bring Ayurveda like into the forefront of understanding that it's very valid. And Deepak Chopra did a great job of that. He's been a big proponent of sharing the message of Ayurveda. So Ayurveda is a system of health, healing, and medicine from India that's over 5,000 years old. So just like we have traditional Chinese medicine that includes acupuncture, In India, we had this ancient system running alongside called Ayurveda. And it's basically a preventive lifestyle that shows us how to live in a way that brings body, mind, and spirit into alignment. And what we teach is if there's ever disalignment there, we're not going to have true health or vibrant health. And so, under the umbrella of Ayurveda, within the ancient scripts, like I even have the ancient scripts here in my office. They already spoke about all the different subspecialties of medicine, like obstetrics, surgery. All these things were talked about centuries before what we think is now Western medicine. So there was this acknowledgement that we have these systems. We must take care of them. Ayurveda teaches us to live according to circadian rhythm, which is nature's clock and nature's rhythm. That's what keeps us in alignment. Ayurveda teaches us how to really honor gut health and that gut health or the digestive fire is the center of all health and that above all must be revered. So it's cool that in modern science, we talk about gut microbiome, gut brain access. We're putting a lot of scientific terminology and we're proving scientifically what Ayurveda already said, which was your entire immune system, your entire vitality all comes down to your gut health above all. And then what's beautiful is we have a whole other toolkit. We have herbs and spices we use. We make teas and different solutions for people. We teach that sleep is paramount. We teach that reducing inflammation is important. We teach about how how you eat is almost important than, more important than what you eat. So we obsess a lot about what we eat in the West, but we forget that We shouldn't eat standing up and we shouldn't drink ice water five seconds before we're going to eat a meal. And so we have a lot of guidelines that show people how to take the food you're going to eat and really receive it in an entirely new way. So you absorb the nutrition and build that vitality from the inside. So I really think of it as a rhythm and a way of life that we can all incorporate and then powerful superfoods and tools that we can reach into when we need them. Amazing. And then one. One last thing I forgot. Ayurveda teaches a major concept called the doshas, which is our individual mind-body constitution. And knowing your constitution is important because then you can leverage and utilize and balance your individual constitution to build the health that you want as well. Which I love because
1: we know that, that, I mean, you, you hit on so many things that to me is again, we're coming back to, especially in the functional medicine space, it's lifestyle medicine. That's why they call it that. And so I want to dig in a little bit to some of those ways that we can be living. Even if somebody just wants to dip their toe in, I hope everybody does want to learn more about Ayurveda. It's amazing. But with the doshas, it's also, which is we see every day, it's not a one size fits all. We aren't all identical and it's not eat this way, sleep this way, move this way and you'll be great. And so again it's like the the wisdom of this system is is brilliant and I love that as science catches up we're we're returning to that and it's like oh th- this stuff really works. I True. I want to start with digging in a little bit about living with honoring circadian rhythm, optimizing circadian rhythm, live, this idea of living with nature, especially if the timing of this recording is, is perfect because depending on where you live, you may have just gone through daylight savings time, which is so not, again, we're trying to manipulate and control things that we maybe ought not be. I know. Yeah. So, I so how in modern day life, We've we've had conversations on the podcast about, and I l- always love when things come up again, right? Like sleep is so important, and and circadian rhythm is so important. But how in modern life do you support people in actually living in that rhythm when people are working? It, it's it's an interesting, especially you know, we're heading into winter, and and so. Daylight is short. So I'm guessing you're not necessarily saying everybody has to be going to sleep when the sun goes down and getting up when, I mean, I know that's ideal, but we don't
2: necessarily live that kind of life anymore. Correct. And right now it's getting dark at 6 PM, which is just ridiculous. It's a shortening of the whole evening, shortening of the opportunity to go move in nature when the weather is stunning. Yes. So when I have time, I, I shouldn't even say that. In this lifetime, I want us to all band together and ban daylight. Oh, it's please!
1: So it is so I harmful.
2: Think, I think it. Uh, I think we need to petition and just make that one happen. It is harmful because it completely screws up the entire rhythm I build for myself. Like it, it really drives yeah. me nuts. But the topic of circadian rhythm is really powerful because circadian medicine, chronobiology, this concept that. Nature is what we are from. Nature is what we're going to go back to. And nature dictates all. We live on Mother Earth. This is the planet we're on. And the rhythm of this planet is what is dictating what's happening in our bodies and in our cells. And so basically circadian rhythm, circadian medicine, which has been proven by Nobel Peace Prize winners to be true. Ayurveda taught about it 5,000 years ago, but we have science that validates its trueness. Circadian medicine is just saying that our cells are going to reflect nature's clock. And so we can battle against that or we can work with that. All that to say that when you look out at animal kingdom, the animal kingdom is going to rise. Like you can hear the birds chirping in the morning when the sun rises, you can tell that everything settles down for the nighttime because it's dark. And so we are meant to do the same thing. We're not meant to synthetically create these new schedules just because we want to biohack and use neurotropics and I don't know, intermittent fasting. I I think a lot of these tools are effective. I actually like playing with everything, but I think it's so important to realize for your body, for your constitution, for where you live, how you can live according to the moon cycles, the sun cycles, and the seasonal cycles, and even your own annual, if not decade cycles. Mm. So really taking that moment to tune into Where do I live? I personally live in Florida. It's burning hot here. We don't usually have a real fall or real winter, according to the rest of the country. But can I still honor that October means we're in fall? So I'm going to transition to fall foods. I'm going to recognize that a fall seasonal diet is more nourishing to my system, more well received, and has a specific purpose for my health. Same with winter. Winter season, we're meant to really eat warmer foods, those foods that are comforting, soups and stews, the foods that grow in the winter. Those are better absorbed by the body and better utilized. So even when
1: you're is, living in South Florida, where it's yes, still hot in yes. winter, just less so. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. so you, you might not overdo it. I might not drink hot, hot chocolate every day. It's a little warm for that. But on the cooler days, really incorporate those things. And also making sure that we're not bypassing the seasons completely. A lot of us keep a very mono diet year round. I meet tons of people who are like, I eat salmon and salad 365 days a year. Ah. And I'm like, guys, (laughs) seasonal nutrition, nutrient density and nutrient variety has so much power for our health. So that's something to really acknowledge. And then the next piece is sleep. A lot of what we talk about with circadian rhythm is nature's clock tells you that 10 to two on that clock, according to Ayurveda, is the most optimal time to sleep because 10 to two is when 10 o'clock is when the melatonin is released for our body and during that time frame lymphatic system glymphatic system regeneration all these processes of the body are most supported because on the ayurvedic clock we call that time pitta time of day so pitta means that fire and that's that's v-i-t-t-a
1: for those who want to spell it in english
2: (laughs) yes people here in the west we pronounce it Pitta. So the Pitta Dosha allows you to really clean and cleanse and purify. So for those people who are waking up tired and lethargic and fatigued and joint pain and achy, I really invite everyone to move their bedtime back 10 to 15 minutes at a time and really learn to honor sleep as the most important health habit we put in place. Even before we think about diet, even before we think about exercise, sleep is like the anchor cornerstone to our health. And to honor that, build the rhythm strongly, then we can talk about our next day schedule and building that rhythm into the next day. And, and I like to teach different self-care habits that build rhythms into
1: our lives. I love that. That's amazing. And we 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 are creatures of habit. We need not only do we have all of these rhythms of nature, but I, I do think everybody, well, I shouldn't say everybody. <laughs> You can get a lot of agreement that babies thrive on routine, right? Little kids thrive on routine. Why do we think we don't? Like, it, it's really, we're still human. We're just larger humans. <laughs> so, right. I
2: think. And a lot of times I bring up that analogy of when you go to put a baby to bed, you get real strict about the series of rituals yes. you do to ensure that baby will sleep. Mama gets real serious about we close the blinds, we turn on the essential oils, we turn on the right music, we do the bath. What if we as adults treated ourselves like that? Do you know how epic your sleep could be if you treated yourself like that? And so that's what I teach is Ayurvedic self-care rituals for bedtime. And the sleep you can get is so profound. I find I'm twice as smart and like incredibly capable on those days when I do those rituals, because yeah. my sleep is well, that because much more. By the time you then hit the bed, your body is
1: there. It's like, okay, we know it's sleep time. And I love that you say you feel smarter because I'm like, of course you do, because your brain detoxed better. And you're all the things, the healing, the repair, all of those wonderful things essential yes. foundational things that we tend to think that modern times we can do without and we can't wow. correct amazing exactly amazing so I want to talk a little bit about because I can't help myself these are some of my favorite topics <laughs> how you eat you touched on eating seasonally and I do think again this is where those modern gifts, also give us an opportunity to fall away from nature, right? Because you can go to the store and get salmon and salad every day of the year, pretty much no matter where you live, if, if you have somewhere where they're bringing food in. So what? let's talk a little bit about the how you eat. We already know not standing up, <laughs> but I sure. bet it's a little more than that.
2: Sure. Yeah, it is. And there's so much controversy around diets, the ketogenic, the carnivore, the Mediterranean, the this, that, and the other. I think that most of us who are in the functional medicine, lifestyle medicine space agree. It's about variety. Mm -hmm. It's about nutrient density. You could follow the blue zone diet. You can follow the Mediterranean diet. A lot of these are pretty standard known to be good. And each practitioner has their own preferences as well, based on your specialties. And each person, Um, I think, again, that's another
1: does better, people are always asking me about things and my my background into functional medicine is through biohacking and so people always bring a lot of questions about intermittent fasting or how do you feel about keto and it's like I I feel like it can be great for some people and it can be great for some people in certain periods and not others and so I we are really all individual no matter I think all practitioners can agree a processed food, high carb diet is not great for anybody, but when we Correct. talk about real food with a lot yeah. of nutrient density, then it's, it's just shifting how much of what you're
2: eating. Correct. Yeah. yeah. That's so true. That's such a good point because we all have different hereditary backgrounds, geotargeted backgrounds. Like we, we come from different places. So we need to look at that bio individually. Yeah. I love that. So how to eat from Ayurveda is actually so interesting. It's about honoring the fact that this digestive system is a digestive fire. So if you can imagine it like a campfire, if you had a campfire because you were actually out camping in the forest, you would tend to that fire. You would build the fire. You would use big pieces of wood, medium and small. You'd ignite that fire. And if you were actually living out there, you wouldn't just like shut the campfire down at night by messing it up or throwing water on it. You would maintain it. So, in the same way, every morning when you wake up, ignite the digestive fire because you're going to use it for the day. So that's where habits like ginger lemon tea come in. Ginger lemon honey tea or ginger lemon tea in the morning is a beautiful way to put ginger into your system. It's warming, it's going to ignite that digestive fire. Tell that fire, let's go. We've we're starting our day. Now, whether you eat soon within that time frame or you intermittent fast and do all your other liquids all morning. That's your choice. But by the time you hit lunchtime, we want lunch to happen between 10 and 2 in that same part of the pie on the clock because that's your pitta time of day. And that the fire is there to support your digestion. So you actually have the ability to eat like a more nutrient-dense meal, more variety in that meal. But we want you to eat the meal sitting down. We want you to not be in your par- in your sympathetic nervous system. We want you to be in the parasympathetic rest and digest. A lot of us sit down to eat. I just did it. I was between interviews and I was like, I've got 10 minutes, <laughs> fried some eggs, threw it on a tortilla, ate it, reading ah! my iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> no. wrong. We're not digesting that beautiful, healthy, organic protein with that healthy gluten-free tortilla. Why? Because we had zero consciousness about the meal. So even I catch myself and I'm like, all right, listen, bone down, three deep breaths. That's all it takes. Yep. Just like yeah. tune into here and now and honor that the food you're about to eat is to nourish yes. you. You're not just throwing food in a garbage can in here. It's meant to like figure out what to do with it. You're really trying to nourish self. And so honoring that time, focusing on the food. And it's funny, I, ha- I held an Ayurveda conference many years ago and one of the practitioners said, I would rather you eat a cheeseburger than eat Kitcherty while driving. And I always think of him when I eat food in my car because I'm like, do you understand that? I only sit down and sit still when I'm driving. Otherwise, I'm moving between meetings and in motion. But kitcherty is a beautiful dish out of Ayurveda <laughs> that we use when we want to do gut healing. So it's like a very simple porridge that you make out of rice and lentils. Anytime I need someone to go real simple on the diet and do a gut healing protocol, we recommend kitcherty. And so it's just funny to say something so complex versus kitcherty. What he's basically saying is we can't be in motion. Right. we eat, we're asking the body or to be even still-
1: literally in motion, even mentally. Like, so mind. if you're in that sympathetic state and you're sitting and you think you're, you've stopped, but yeah. you haven't, if you haven't shifted into the parasympathetic state. And I, I love that. And that is where it is more important how you eat for sure, because yeah. you can eat the best food in the world, but if you're not
2: digesting it and absorbing it, it doesn't matter. Right waste of time. Like you're just good job for consuming something good over bad, but you're not going to get all the benefits. So here we are investing time, money, effort, all this mental energy on eating better, Yeah. but we're doing it in the front of the TV, in front of the iPhone, in front of Netflix, unconscious eating. And then that's why we're later reaching for chips and crackers and and (laughs) sugar. Because we didn't even realize or acknowledge what we did and what we ate, yeah. and so our goal from Ayurveda is really find food that's nourishing. Understand that what we consume if impacts our mental health, it impacts our emotional health. Bring consciousness to it. Don't microwave your food. Store it in glass. Even some of these basic things are are the how you eat. Right. They're they're the around the food process, and are equally important to what we're eating. Because otherwise, we're just poisoning our food and Poisoning it as we're consuming it instead of nourishing self. Yeah. And
1: I and I, I have to highlight and commend you because I I try to share. People forget we're human too. We can know all the things and try to really live in that lifestyle, and we still have to like oh gosh look what I just did
2: <laughs> right. Wow. And,
1: and so I, I love that you shared that because I do think it's important. I, I joke with people people think I've been eating the way I eat my whole life. And I'm like, no, I wouldn't have gotten sick had I been probably. So I I love that. I want to shift. You mentioned Ayurvedic, er, not nerves, herbs, (laughs) Ayurvedic herbs as superfoods. And since you have a PhD in turmeric, (laughs) I would love for you to share, touch a little bit just on that idea. And then I want to talk about turmeric.
2: Sure. So the thing is, we in the West think of superfoods as like salmon and blueberries and spinach and maca powder and and all these super powders that people are now incorporating into their morning smoothie. And I think that's wonderful because I think the superfoods are powerful. But when I looked them all up, most of them were taking because they are anti-inflammatory and antioxidant. And I thought, okay, great, that's awesome. But I'm not eating so many gross things that I don't like in the name of those two traits. And so, when I was doing my master's in Ayurvedic sciences in herbology class, they were talking about all the spices that we as Indians actually eat every day. Right. We have a masala box, a spice box. And in that spice box, it's got coriander powder, red chili powder, cumin seeds, fenugreek. We've got turmeric, of course. We have gutta masala, which has black pepper, which activates the turmeric. We've got this whole plethora of spices. And I realized that these all have the same benefits as the superfoods. So we have that ability, ginger, for example, to use these super spices and leverage them, flavor our food better, try different flavors and things as well, um, but also to get their benefits. And for me personally, having gut health issues all my life, just cumin and hing and turmeric from Ayurveda and ginger have been so powerful. And so when I learned about turmeric, I was like, wait a minute, This thing is that well-received by the body. And turmeric is not only anti-inflammatory, powerful antioxidant to the point that it goes and prevents oxidation in the system. So it's not like, oh, I had this one consumption of it and it reduced, but it also goes after the things causing the oxidation. Talk about preventive. Then it's an immune modulator. Turmeric is antibacterial, antiviral antifungal. So basically at that point also, it had me sold because I needed an immune system that worked and a defense system that I could actually rely on in this life. And then also I read about longevity and disease prevention and I was like, whoa, okay. So we're all inflamed as a society. My whole family struggles with diabetes Growing up, every year when I went to India, someone else was dealing with heart attacks and quadruple bypasses and all these heart issues and health issues from the advanced stages of diabetes, even amputation, which was really traumatic to experience and watch. And I thought, guys, what are we doing as a society that we work so hard to have this great life, give our kids a great life? And you're telling me at the end of it, I'm going to spend 20 years doing disease management and it's going to be horrific. No, no, no. There has to be a different way. We have to find it. And so when I discovered the benefits of turmeric, I decided to do a whole PhD on it, which basically turned me into an evangelist. (laughs) I really do think we should all take our turmeric. I think we should cook with it more. We should use it more. I think we all need to be taking supplemental doses of it so we get therapeutic doses. It's just so well received by the body. And now that I've been working with it all these years, I built my own product around it. I'm working on the clinical trials. Like I want double-blind placebo-controlled trials in America on knee osteoarthritis. And I'm already working with a team on why is it so well-received? Like we're doing a nutrigenomic study to understand why on earth is this spice so well-received compared to most things by this body? We don't know, but I just, I figure it's a gift from mother earth. We happen to receive it well, so we should just use it. Cause, cause it is benefiting us.
1: Well, and I love that you say that because, and I want to just touch on this lightly <laughs> if you can, because I always hear, oh, bioavailability, bioavailability, turmeric is really hard for the body to absorb and we don't use it well. And here you're saying the absolute opposite is true.
2: Yeah. So curcumin is not bioavailable, like not very well bioavailability wise for the body. It doesn't absorb well, but that's because it's an extract. So turmeric, we know, is well-received by the body. Turmeric, plant in its raw form, was not oftentimes used in the Indian culture. We use more of the spice. So when you take the raw and you dry it, you get that potent spice. Turmeric, when you consume it, use a healthy fat, or a black pepper to increase its absorption two thousand percent. So even turmeric itself, as a spice without the activators, is not as well absorbed. But isn't it beautiful that any Indian kitchen, the way we cook is, we put oil in the pan, right. we put our cumin seeds and hang in the pan, and we always have garam masala or black pepper as part of the cooking process. You wouldn't skip your your black pepper or red pepper in this journey, and certainly we don't cook without oil. So we always had the intelligence. In the cooking. The problem is now we're living in modern day society where there's a hundred different ways to inflame us every single day between the environmental toxins, the stress, the food quality, the packaged foods, all the different things that drive our system nuts. And so when we extract curcumin from turmeric, we again just have to do the work of giving ourselves the ingredient that will increase its absorption. And I find it's very well absorbed by the body because I I developed something around it eight years ago. I wanted to prove to Western medicine that they could offer this adjunct solution for pain and inflammation instead of always giving us NSAIDs. NSAIDs are great. I use them too. I used to use them when I needed them or in surgical situations. But now if we could offer a natural tool to people then maybe they can reduce their use of those other things that have side effects and take turmeric instead. So my experience is it's very well absorbed as long as you're doing it the right way and putting it together the right way at the right potency. I love that. And I love, and
1: this is where we're. I would like to go next, people. And again, it's habits and it's our health, current healthcare system and, and just doctors living in their boxes, right? And orthopedic surgeons are always, and rheumatologists historically, throwing NSAIDs and higher higher doses, if if not opioids and and things beyond that. And I remember after healing my body and being on N prescription painkillers, I mean, I and muscle, I mean all the things I was on 10 prescriptions. After I had healed and learned and was like, oh my gosh, no wonder like I was pounding those NSAIDs for years. Um, I broke my shoulder about almost seven years ago. And the doctor, I I saw the PA and know my orthopedic surgeon very well. Our kids grew up together. And and so, and I knew something was wrong when I broke my shoulder and I didn't want to go to the ER. I figured I'd just go straight to the source and get good x-rays. And of course they wrote me, they wanted me to have a prescription for painkillers and they wanted me to take NSAIDs and they, and I didn't. I did turmeric and I did the other things I know how to do to support my body. And it wasn't a matter of pride. Um, I have filled the prescription because I thought I haven't broken my shoulder before. I have no idea. And I know how important sleep is. I never had to take a thing. And so some of it is just our programming of, oh my gosh, we need these things if this happens. Um, And I love that you're focusing on knee arthritis because it's so common. And what I see going on. In the orthopedic world with clients and friends, and they're just jumping to replacements like way too fast.
2: I know. It's terrible. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, if you look at that orthopedic toolkit, I'm married into an all MD surgeon family here in South Florida. So I, I get to watch the insides of what these practices are. Yeah practitioners are kind of, like you said, in a box, yeah. they have to practice according to their standard of care. They sure. have malpractice. They have certain rules. They actually can't function too far out of the box in, in the structure that they are part right. of. And so within that structure, the conversation I had eight years ago with one of my in-laws was in orthopedics, when the patient comes in pain, you're going to give them NSAIDs or PT. Mm-hmm. Cause that's the level they're at. Okay. They have to go beyond that injections or stem cell or PRP. Okay, if they go beyond that, we're talking about surgery and joint replacement. And nowadays we have partial and robotic and there are a lot of options in there, but you have to be careful because your your replacements only last so long, right. then you have to do a revision. So time that aging right for yourself, but also don't wait so long that you lose so much function. Right. But my point was, I am one of those people, I threw out my back and they gave me the muscle relaxants mm-hmm. and the opioids and everything. I took them. They all helped. They said NSAIDs 24 hours a day for seven, 10 days. I did it. I listened. And then all of a sudden, once the back pain was gone and I did the injection, so I did the whole Sure, But once I was better, the PT said just don't exercise you should not exercise Got the solution I'm still in my 30s <laughs> back then most kids I was like that's not a good plan so I went and found a trainer who taught me how to build a core yep. and once I had a strong core I was better but the problem that I saw was after I did that I had such bad stomach aches after I ate and I kept saying guys like every time I eat food it hurts what happened they're like oh that's probably the end set yes yeah when I got mad I was like okay so you guys give me solutions that have punishments right what if we could have solutions that didn't have punishments wouldn't that be an interesting world and it's just that matter of belief like you're saying like if you knew that you could build new toolkits right I call it pharmacy F-A-R-M if you could have a pharmacy at home that could constantly support you then you wouldn't reach for those tools anymore because they cause side effects and pain yeah so tell, and I still like to have them around. I'm I, like we said at the very beginning. I'm not anti. There's no Western either or. or. This
1: is an and 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 Both the and. goal is all of these things that we can incorporate in for healing, as you said, are also preventative. And so let's save like that heavy hitting <laughs> toolbox for when yes. we really need it. And thank goodness it's there. But let's take a little power back and. You know, live full lives. So tell me a little bit about the supplement company, because I know you're not just making the same stuff everybody else's and putting a different label on it. So tell me what, what you're yeah. doing.
2: Yeah. So eight years ago, I finished the PhD and literally anyone who I would meet who had a problem, I would say you could take two work for that. You have a cold, you can take turmeric for that. Oh, your knee hurts, you can take (laughs) turmeric for that. And my family looked at me like, Are you really, really going to say that for the rest of your life? And then just send them to the like Whole Foods, and you don't, you're not even recommending which one to take. So I took a big deep dive. I read everyone's labels. I found it very confusing and I decided to create my own. And I worked with a factory and our goal was how can we create a replacement to NSAIDs for orthopedics? So I went after the toughest door, not realizing how long it might take me to get through that door. But I've been calling on orthopedics for eight years because they have the most joint pain mm-hmm. that they see in their offices all day. Someone's coming in with acute pain. And so now they offer my turmeric as an adjunct solution, and they've had a lot of patients come off of NSAIDs, come off of the stronger prescription NSAIDs, and they've been able to cut their opioid use in half out of their practices post-op. So to me, that's like my whole life is made. I achieved my whole goal. I am so happy with it. And then now I get to take it and see where else can we support the most. So functional medicine, rheumatology. I really want to show all of medicine that anytime you're going to say something has someone has something-itis, that something-itis, we could be offering two tools. Offer your tool that you're going to offer, but offer a natural potent tool. And so when I was building Fusionary, my supplement company, my factory was like, these are not ingredients you can use. These are very expensive This is this is not how supplements do it. You can't do this. And I said, you know what? Try me. I'm one of those people. I just want to prove my point. And we'll see later how we make that business stuff all work out. I'm not so worried about that part. And so we did build fusionary. And it's taken me six years to get to this point where everything makes sense now with the numbers. But me, because we were so driven by impact first, now I've held a lot of I've held all the factors in fusionary the same over the eight years. And I can now start those clinical trials and get a lot of science published. Also proving what we've been saying the whole time. So, I love so to it. me, my whole life is going to be about turmeric forever. I know that I was meant to talk on this topic, and I was meant to show people that we just we don't have to always take other things for pain. We can take yeah. natural things for pain. We can also just address the root cause of inflammation. <laughs> That's <laughs> helpful. Maybe not have all the problems my family has. So it's very personal to me that I I stay healthy and I don't have diabetes like my family. And then all of us who suffer with immune issues, I've had leaky. I finally learned that I had leaky gut. And that's why I had no immune system in my opinion. And so now that I have healed that, I need tools to, to stay strong and vibrant. So that's why I have fusionary. And within fusionary, not only do we help with joint pain, which is a big deal in inflammation, I realized if people don't sleep, they're not going to clear their inflammation. So I created sleep teas and sleep formulas. Then people got very loud about menopause. So I made a menopause tea. So to me, I'm constantly playing with teas, herbs, and supplements and seeing, can you make teas as functional as supplements? And then where out of the Ayurvedic toolkit, can you pull the adaptogenic herbs or herbs that can create the biggest impact. And I will not create a formula until I know that I literally caused the change that I need to see. I
1: love it. And I'm so excited that because you were, when you, when you I was like, no, when you said, oh, I've reached my goal. Well, of course, but there's new bigger goals and they, yes. I, I'm excited because of my personal experience that you're also incorporating focus in rheumatology because oh. I remember that when I went to an appointment with my rheumatologist and I, and he said, oh, do you need a Vicodin prescription? This was even before now they use Norco instead, but which is the opioids we're talking about. And I said, oh, oh no, I don't take that anymore. And he just looked at me and said he, and he was a progressive at the time in rheumatology. He was very open-minded and progressive. And he said, Well, nobody ever takes themselves off opioids. They just need more. Like this is so unusual. Unfortunately, he didn't follow it with share with me what you've been doing. (laughs) Right, Right. one one step (laughs) closer. But so having tools. I mean, they're effective tools. They really are. Yeah,
2: and there's. There's so many of us who already get it because we've either had those health traumas or health issues. So, all of us in like functional, integrative. This is why we're here. Yeah. We're here to say all this stuff. But over here, seeing Western medicine open their minds now a lot post pandemic, my goal is really to say, look, guys, you are offering great tools. If you could trust a supplement to be pure and potent and made in the US and third party tests and all those things. Would you consider offering it and just seeing what it does in your patient? Yeah. So that's where I find we can really open that door and have those conversations and say, look, there's, there's options. Don't say to the, I've, I've seen, I've been to multiple practitioners who are like, of course, there's nothing you can do with diet to impact thyroid. Right. Oh, there's nothing you can do with diet to impact autoimmunity. And I'm like, any sentence that
1: starts with, there's nothing you can do that might not be the best yeah. practitioner. <laughs> no.
2: Keep looking. I always go Keep searching. <laughs> Exactly. Please, anyone who listens to this, keep searching. There's always something we can do. Yeah. Always.
1: And for our listeners, Shivani has been so generous. If if you are intrigued, which I hope you are, and hope you are brave and smart enough to at least pop on the website and see which of the products speaks to you, I highly do recommend. This is the approach that works. I know it does. It's It's a... It's an incorporation, an adjunct, if you will, even if you're not all like, oh my gosh, I'm changing a <laughs> Ayurveda, um, but incorporate some of these really, really true, powerful supplements into your routine. And if you use the code Inspired Living, she's giving you 15% off, which is quite a deal. And, and I'm just so excited for effective tools that we can access directly to sometimes it's hard to find that practitioner that has what you're looking for so i love that you're also allowing consumers to to take the control and and try some of these things themselves
2: yeah that's what we do we're we're doctors only and we're on our website only and that's it perfect yeah. that's how you that's how you keep
1: the quality up so that's great yes. that's great so we're at that point in the podcast where i am not to throw you under the bus but listeners know sure. to expect could be something you've already said. It could be something new. What is one thing, one step listeners can take today to start to improve their health?
2: A simple one is using a metal tongue scraper. It's an Ayurvedic self-care habit. We teach to use a copper Thank tongue Thank you. I was like, you said metal. I hope you say copper. <laughs> Yeah, copper is like the most antibacterial of the metals, and it's like a self-cleaning tool pretty much, but please rinse it. And you take that copper tongue scraper, and you gently scrape the tongue from the middle to the front seven to 14 times every morning. And what that's going to do is it's going to ignite the digestive fire. It's going to gently detox all the organs of the body, because we teach that all the organs of the body are reflected on the bottom of the foot. That's what reflexology teaches. And same in Ayurveda, we teach that they're all reflected on the tongue. It's also going to give better oral health, cleaner oral health, which is cleaner oral microbiome and gut microbiome. So it has a lot of benefits and you can do it right after you brush your teeth every morning. It just takes a few seconds, but it's a gentle way to detox the body every day, which supports us in our annual detoxes and reducing our toxic burden overall. Which so I love, I and love tongue scraping. once yeah. it's a habit, like you, you can't yes. not
1: like it just, exactly. you don't even feel, I, I don't even feel like I'm my mouth is clean enough if I haven't <laughs> scraped my tongue and I have exactly. I think my copper the the one I have now is from 2016 so I mean they laugh and they're not expensive they laugh. they're inexpensive yes. to begin with but also unless you lose it like they're do you have it forever so exactly <laughs> I love it
2: exactly oh, amazing so yeah that's one of my favorites that's
1: a great one. So where is, and we'll have all of these wonderful links in the show notes, but, but for people that are listening on the go, hopefully they're listening while they're driving and not eating while they're driving, where's the best place to find you?
2: Sure. So my website is my name, com. S H I V A N I Gupta. I'm on Instagram as at Gupta, And then the supplement company's Fusionary Formulas, F U S I O N A R Y formulas.com. And then it's on Instagram, Facebook, and everything as well. And I made the Fusionary Health podcast where I talk about health topics like this as well.
1: Amazing. So amazing. Dr. Shivani, thank you so, so much for sharing Thanks such for a, just incredible information. We could we could do five episodes <laughs> and still be just scratching the surface, I know, of what you could teach us about. So appreciate it.
2: Yeah, thank you so much. For everyone listening,
1: remember you can get the transcripts and show notes by visiting inspiredliving.show. I hope you had a great time and enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I'll see you next week.
0: Thank you for listening to Julie Michaelson's Inspired Living with Autoimmunity. Did you enjoy this episode? Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to get a transcript of this and every other episode, just head on over to inspiredliving.show or click on the link in this episode's description. There, you can also find everything we discussed in this episode, including links and information about our guests. You can even send in your questions to be answered by Julie in a future episode. That's inspiredliving.show. Until next time, this is Julie Michelson's Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast, helping you take your power back.